Next up, we have our one graphite story at Canada Rocks, which is Nouveau Monde Graphite. It's a new world of graphite naturally is the tagline I've given to the company. Nouveau Monde is really the only fully listed in the U.S. graphite play, or let's say natural graphite play. It's only a 290 million market cap in the land of lithium unicorns. One wonders why Nouveau Monde, which actually listed about two years ago at nearly a billion valuation. Uh, I see the stock was somewhere in the 20s. It's now around five. Commodity equities follow commodity prices is one of our mantras. And post-battery day, where everything was up, nickel, graphite, manganese, the only things that have really been up in the past year or so is lithium following the lithium price. In our opinion, in Matt's opinion, it's just a matter of when, not if, it will follow in graphite. And when it does, I believe that the most advanced project uh, in Nouveau Monde, in uh, a great jurisdiction and very easily investable on the New York Stock Exchange with coverage from companies like Evercore and other blue chip American investment banks will you know, attract attention as a natural graphite development proxy. So with that, I'll turn it over to Matt for the questioning. Thanks, Howard. So um, hi again, and uh, looking forward to speaking to you a little bit more about Nouveau Monde and, and uh, what you guys are up to. So without recapping too much on the uh, rock stock interview you've got two upstream projects in uh, quebec and uh, a midstream anode materials project also in quebec so I, I i just wanted to ask you i mean one of the advantages from the global point of view in the graphite market of working in quebec is obviously the um, low cost and very clean hydroelectric power and the carbon intensity of your production is going to be substantially lower than, for instance, a comparable integrated project in China. So can you just talk to the, the carbon intensity of your operation and, and compare it to, for instance, a, an average artificial graphite project in, in China or in even an integrated flake graphite project in China? Yes, yes. And maybe before we do that, also something that is like basic and very fundamental and the reason why we can attract the largest potential cell uh, maker in North America is only because we're local to them. That's also very important. They need a local alternative. And, and indeed, so, we'll go into that in a second. But uh, ah, Okay, okay. <laughs> so, but you're right. Uh, the second biggest priority after being local is the, the ESG credential that we've built on the project. So we're a very good alternative to what currently is made in China. So for companies that are looking to be carbon neutral in the future, this is the goal of Panasonic. If you read their at their battery day, what they said to their stakeholders, and when you visit them, it's all about Yarushika, let's do it. And they have the logo with a deer with the planet Earth on top of it. Mm-hmm. So having a customer who embraced the same vision as you are to develop this, this project and this supply chain the right way, it is fundamental. So we are currently in an independent assessment at 1.23 kilogram of CO2 equivalent per kilogram produced. And our the average in China is around 14, uh, 14 kilogram per kilogram produced of CO2 equivalent. 
and that's for natural graphite. For synthetic graphite, is over 40 kilogram of CO2 equivalent per kilogram produced. So in a world where compensation will be necessary, where carbon footprint will need to be compensated on the and the value for the ton of CO2 equivalent is becoming even more expensive in Europe than in America. But in America, at some point, there will be also penalties. So we are really well positioned to be a, a lower cost producer, thanks to that fact, you know. Okay. And outside of the sort of carbon credit situation, do you think that cell manufacturers, auto producers will pay a premium for, for clean material? I mean, so far, it seems to be just a scrabble for, for supply, to lock in supply. But over time, do you think that uh, producers will start to pay, be prepared to pay a premium for, for carbon neutral or even carbon negative material? Absolutely. A premium will be paid for the fact that we're allowing our customer to avoid uh, producing those tons of CO2 equivalent. So re really, in, the, in the, all ESG things, it's always about avoiding, reducing, and then compensating. We're really allowing our customer to avoid by buying a product that is already carbon neutral. Mm -hmm. So this is like if you do 14 tons of Delta with our competitor times $50 per ton of CO2 equivalent currently in America, give or take, uh, that's about, you know, per ton of, uh, of premium we can share with our customers. So we intend to share into that value. If we were sitting in Europe, it would be closer to $100 per ton of CO2. So if you do the math, it's give or take 5% currently at the current price of, of carbon that we believe, like even today, customers that are that share the same vision as we are, are willing to pay that premium. Okay. And, and your carbon neutrality or your carbon friendliness all the way through the operation, doesn't it? I mean, you're looking to use electric mining equipment in, in the mine. And you also, I mean, we'll come on to talk maybe a little bit about the midstream later, but all the way along, you're friendly, perhaps in other operations anywhere in the world. Absolutely. So our ancestor started the full vertical integration by building the dams. Now we have all the hydroelectricity. I have nothing to do about it. Now my duty is to optimize the usage of that hydroelectricity. So that's what we did in all every single bit of processes we have to do at the mine and the transformation plant. And you're right, all electric mining, that's something that is uh, very exciting that we're working on since 2017. Mm -hmm. And we've partnered last year with Caterpillar with an historical agreement at developing the first all electric open pit mine. And it's not only like converting fleets, it's really providing a zero emission solution going from the fleet, obviously, but also the software, the charging station, and providing a business model that works for us and for them for the future. So this is a very important project that we're, uh, we're progressing very well. I was with, in Tucson, Arizona recently, looking at the first 793, 240 tonners, all electric demonstration. It was like they were, they were even themselves very impressed about the results. So that, that's quite exciting to see it moving forward. Yeah. Excellent, excellent. And in, in the midstream, you've designed your purification plant to take advantage of the low carbon power source. You're not going with a chemical purification route. Well, you're going for a bit of both, but just talk a little bit about, um, about your approach. Yes, absolutely. So, you know, something that is difficult to do in China is thermal purification with their energy profile. It, 
and the fact they're using coal is not ideal to develop such technology. So here it is really cost effective to do thermal purification and also to even make it more uh, cost effective. We can reduce the temperature of the thermal purification by injecting chlorine gas, that's what we do, to convert all our impurities and chlorides. And chlorides are very easy to handle. They are considered not, not as a reduced material. So it's easy to even, some of them can, can be used in the daily life. Uh, so that's something that we've designed the last, I uh, would say, uh, since 2016. So the last seven years, we've worked on the design and, the, and we've built the first furnaces in 2021. And now it's fully operational after over a year and a half of debugging and working hard and learning batch after batch. Now we can say we have a process at scale that is truly sustainable, that can be cost effective. So that's a big advantage we, we have. Both having the upstream, the mines here, very advanced, one of them fully permitted and in construction, and the fact we have the purification that is truly sustainable. And, and that's a key factor why anybody else in the world will need to go through us to have natural graphite in North America. Mm -hmm. Okay. Your location is also very positive. Obviously, your midstream in Bethancourt, there's lots of work going on in, in that area to develop cathode plants and anode plants that's obviously a huge advantage as well because you're cutting down on the amount of transportation that's needed for, for this product do you think that you you can go fully integrated in in canada with regards to almost the cell manufacturing before you you, you take it to the ev plants in the us or where, where do you think you're going to go with this that's a big question i even between ontario and quebec it's the question where you put the cell plant. The auto yeah. auto business is very strong in Ontario and the Detroit area, Michigan, and all those places. The material business is very strong here. So uh, you saw yesterday the announcement of Volkswagen building a massive plant in Ontario. For us, it's a North American business. So we're looking at supplying North America, like the logistics within America. It's not too bad for us in terms of cost and delivery. So we want to be this just in time uh, supplier for the North American business. So for us, it doesn't really matter the proximity of the cell factory itself, as long as, as it is in North America, so we can gain from all the uh, IRA benefits and other geopolitics situation. Uh, and I think, you know, having everything sort of centered in Ontario and Quebec is a huge advantage. I mean, in China, you know, you have the, the raw material plants in Australia and in Africa, they ship the material to China, process there, then potentially it comes to Korea for cathode and anode manufacturing. Then, you know, having everything in yeah. North America is a huge advantage to the ecosystem. You're lowering the carbon intensity of vehicles manufactured in North America considerably. So I think that's what the opportunity is here. Within 100 miles, we go from the rock to the finished product. So really, fundamentally, our business is to, to you know, be the biggest supplier of the flay graphite close by. Anybody else who would like to transform this product in North America would need to import a container from somewhere, from Africa, from Brazil, from China. But if you want to transform efficiently and having low, low carbon and low cost flay graphite source, we are like, you need to go through us. So why not making the transformation ourselves? because it's only like less than $500 uh, US. We have a ton of graphite produced here and the transformation uh, transportation included. So mm -hmm. this is like unbeatable. 
So we talked a lot about North America and obviously with the IRA, um, there's a lot of potential in the US and, and in Canada. There's also potential across the pond with the new critical raw materials strategy, which again opens up suppliers outside Europe, well, it will have to. Absolutely. So that's why we started to work on the phase three, the Watnan mining project, where it's located, you know, near the Bay Como area. It's a deep seaport. So the strategy to develop this large 500,000 ton flake graphite mine is really to supply in bulk somewhere in uh, Europe that we are currently investigating. Uh, so we can transform in Europe as well for large automakers and, uh, and potential partners who are looking for JV and looking for the, re the right partner who can provide uh, the scale. So the, the challenge we have now is to have a carbon neutral vessel like that. So to keep, to keep the same uh, low carbon footprint, but cost wise currently, that's where, how we see it as being very competitive in the future. We see the phase two that is currently in construction, mostly supplying the North American market, thanks to all the benefits. But for the other mine that we're developing, we see uh, an opening on Europe because the demand in Europe is all, also very strong. And I, and I think what's so important about this project is for the Europeans, ESG is vital. And I think this is one of the leading projects in terms of ESG, you know, around the world. So I think, you know, it has, a, has an advantage. Absolutely. And we want to design the phase three exactly the same way. If you do the math, it's almost the same size of mine where, uh, because it's five times the grade in the rock. So that's why we can produce uh, five times more tons of concentrate. But fundamentally, it's, uh, it's 2.5 to 3 million tons of ore going to the concentrator we'll do a concentrator right on site, all fed by hydroelectricity, but we're already talking with our uh, mining supplier partners to provide also all electric equipment for, for that, that second project. So we wanna do the, exactly the same copy paste, like same size of crusher, give or take. So it's very similar operation between the two, but one is further away a little bit. Uh, the, the phase three is a need to be bigger size because of the location, yeah. Brilliant. Eric, thanks very much indeed for your time. Appreciate it.